Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacey Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. You know, January the 20th of 2021, uh, we were early on our show, early in the podcast, and uh, we had the opportunity that was, that was uh, I don't know if you want to call it Inauguration Day, but today they went through the inauguration steps. The fake inauguration. Uh, fake inauguration for the fake president and fake everything, and uh, uh, had a conversation with a guy that changed the trajectory of the way I think about many things, and I think he helped open the eyes of many of yeah. you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, dates, places, locations, symbols, things within our capital, all these. And it just, just my mind has not been the same since. We're joined again today by the one, the only 107. Welcome, Juan. That breakfast looks amazing, by the way. Oh, yeah, that's good. It's uh, <laughs> a lot of fun. <laughs> We've got a little, little join Juan for breakfast conversations and some stuff to go here. And I'm just going to start just, we don't have an agenda. There's no script. I always just come to these with so many questions. Usually when our show's over, I have more questions than I did when we started. Mm-hmm. Because I... I, with, with, you you know, it's kind of like when you see Bible stories, you grew up in Sunday school and stuff and you have flannel graphs and pictures that get your mind thinking a certain way. Then like you really study the scripture and it's like, oh, well, the, 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 the humanity of it. And like, you, you, you can't help but operate under false assumptions. And we all had a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. I I had a certain view of the Bush family than I, than it, than it is now. And just different things as you go along and who's good guys and who's bad guys and all this kind of stuff. And you, you, you kind of tend to take people's minds and like just show them that there's a lot of colors on an Rubik's cube. They're not red and there's not blue and they're not even white. It's, it's, it's a complicated mixed bag of nuts. So anybody that thinks they've got a stranglehold on the truth, or what's going on, you know, in the world, it is, it is complicated. But the burning thing for me is a little bit about who is behind and actually pulling strings, making decisions. Now, I want to start this show off. I want to show you a clip that we made from a, a party that was thrown at the White House recently. Um, you know, everybody's been in a situation. You've been at a party. You've been at a thing, and maybe you felt awkward, or you didn't know everybody, and you know you, you didn't have any friends there, and it was kind of you probably not you, but uh, that happens not Juan, to, not Juan, but that happens. He's to got most friends people. everywhere. But rare, but rarely does that happen when you throw a party at your own house. Do you not have a friend? Do you not have anybody to go to? Do you, are you are you the outsider outside looking in at a party you throw at your own house? So I want to play this clip kind of as a as a launch pad. Uh, for a conversation here and, and just kind of get your comment. Produ- producer Colton kind of put a little music to it to add to the effect, but, but I think most people have seen this. I just want to launch from here. Could you, could you see that one? I did. 
Okay. How does that happen? I mean, how do you, how are you supposedly the president of the United States and that happens, especially with that situation there with Barack? Well, even more compelling, concerning, uh, think of it this way. Uh, a few weeks back we had, uh, uh, I did a show with Nino where we had Alexa and Alexa was answering questions uh, for people that, you know, asked the, the specific gal asked the question, you know, where did Joe Biden fall down on his bicycle? And the answer came back. Joe Biden died at Bethesda, Bethesda Naval Hospital. Whoa. And she's like, what? And she she asked it again, uh, Alexa, where did Joe Biden fall down on his bicycle? Answer comes back. Joe Biden died at Bethesda Naval Hospital. Um, and you have to understand the context of a of how Alexa works. No human runs the answers over there at Alexa, you know, other than just helping to tweak the programs here and there. The program just goes out and searches the internet and finds uh, the most likely answers, and so it's just you know raking through trillions of bits of information and then it gives you uh based on a weighted kind of response uh what places are probably the most important that somebody would would be looking for that from and so this is just the computer sifting information and giving an instantaneous response now once we threw it out on the show and did stuff it it changed and went back to where it was supposed to be but uh, the point is, is that uh, within the algorithm, it didn't know that certain answers were not acceptable or certain information shouldn't be given out to the public or whatever. So one of the questions is, uh, which Joe Biden is that in the picture? If, you know, that's uh, just uh, somebody wearing uh, very good uh, uh, prosthetics and makeup then, um, you know, they don't know where they fit in. They're just, they're along for the ride. They're just a prop. And it, in, in reality, at this point in time, for what's going on in D.C., that's all Joe Biden is, is a prop. Um, you can look at uh, a presidency, and it's not just an individual. It's a whole team that comes into office. And that's just the figurehead around which the team rallies and organizes, uh, makes the calls, makes the shots. But then again, uh, the staff make a lot of those calls and shots. If, in fact, Joe Biden is somebody else's puppet, the next question is, whose puppet is he? And yeah. you may have just seen right there who's actually pulling the strings and Joe Biden. Well, That's what I was thinking too. Well, you know, uh, we all know every, every, you know, a lot of celebrities and, you know, presidents and, you know, uh, all the way across have body doubles and step-ins and, you know, they, they have somebody that looks like them, you know, they're, that's, that's somewhere to create a fake appearance. And it's, it's, you know, done for security and safety. We all seen the movie, Dave, I think that was in the nineties, you know, where the guy, you know, was a political activist. He just happened to look like the sitting president and, you know, he, he ended up stepping in for him because he was such a, uh, you know, a, a doppelganger, you know, for him. Well, let's, let's go back even further. Um, the idea of doubles you know, the Beatles had a hard time coming and going from the concerts. 
So they would have body doubles. They would even go in and uh, occasionally do a little practice uh, to buy time for the the real band members. And uh, they were pretty good doubles. Mm -hmm. Um, Paul McCartney died on 9-11, or 11-9, excuse me, of uh, 1967. And the guy that's been replacing him is a uh, double. Uh, George Harrison um, said, it's not worth your life Mm. uh, arguing over this. And, uh, uh, you know, he... He said that a number of times uh, I was, you know, there was a there was a particular incident that happened with an intruder. And then after that, uh, he was much more careful. And um, there are situations where the whole world has a certain belief that is well engineered in order to move the ball forward in a certain way. And. Uh, uh, the players behind the string, scenes pulling those strings um, can manipulate uh, your perception of reality for mm-hmm. a very long time. Uh, the Bin Laden situation, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I had guys that were absolutely adamant that just a short while after 9-11 happened, they had uh, the real uh, Bin Laden strapped to a pallet in a, a C-17 and were moving him. Um, to a particular location. If you look at the videos of bin Laden in various parts of the world after that, uh, they're all different bin Ladens. They're not the same one. He had uh, um, a blood disease and had to have dialysis. And so there was plenty of people that talked about the fact that uh, for him to survive with the type of... uh, problem that he had in caves and running around Afghanistan just wasn't going to happen. So why would you keep a bin Laden around? Well, because when the incident happened where, uh, remember, Barack Obama had the uh, birth certificate issue. So they pull a gal out of nowhere, uh, put her in as the director of public health. The guy who had been director of public health in Hawaii, had medical clinics and been a doctor forever, was very well known in Hawaii. But they, uh, uh, the governor calls the news conference with no notice. Guy comes in, he's told he's resigning. He's like, I am. Yeah, why? <laughs> Even in the news conference, the, one of the reporters asked him, Why are you resigning? He says, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and I mean, in the news conference, literally. Well, who did they put in? to replace him, a gal by the name of Loretta Fuddy. Loretta Fuddy was a member of Sabud, a uh, non-religious, religious organization that had ties back to Indonesia, Hawaii, uh, Los Angeles, um, and uh, uh, to uh, Virginia. And uh, just a few blocks from the CIA, mile down the road, mile and a half. So, uh, in, in Indonesia in the 60s, the, the president of Indonesia, he had two guys, Sukarno and Saharto, uh, very close on their names. I always get mixed up which one was which. I think it was Sukarno, who was the president, who said publicly that Sabud was a CIA-backed organization using a religious cover uh, and was working uh, to undermine his presidency and to get in their candidate. Um, so 
you know, he does a news conference, says that. Uh, Saboot is this, you know, just very 3,000 members worldwide kind of bizarre operation. One of the locations where they uh, run their stuff is from uh, the Bellevue area uh, east of Seattle. The gal who's their um, accountant, you know, manager handing the financials for years and years and years happens to be this Loretta Fuddy. All of a sudden she shows up in Hawaii and she becomes the director of public health. Well, it just so happens that Obama's mama was a member of Sabood, Stanley Ann Dunham. And uh, Obama attended Sabood functions. And then here's the capper. Obama's mama, who died of cancer, uh, many people are very convinced, I am, that uh, she didn't die of cancer. Her real, her name was switched from Stanley Ann Dunham to Loretta Fuddy. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. And she's the one that was over in Hawaii. So after they get the birth certificate out, they shut that whole thing down. A year goes by. Supposedly, she's on this plane, uh, you know, that crashes on takeoff over in Molokai, out there at the leper colony where nobody can go. The plane supposedly crashed a mile offshore in some of the most treacherous waters in the world, and uh, uh, it uh, sank, and they'll never recover it. Uh, That's convenient. Uh, I, I helped with the book, uh, uh, edit the book that uh, Hugo Fugan did, and uh, looking at all the details on the plane crash, and of course the plane crash, you know, 400 yards offshore, uh, it was parked exactly in the right spot beside a little bit deeper lagoon. You look down, you go, okay, it's so shallow that when it landed, it, it hydraulic uh, jammed the landing gear up into the wing because uh, the water was so shallow, it hit hard enough. And uh, then they all floated out there for hours, faking that they were out in the deep ocean waiting to be rescued. Uh, a baby swimmer could have swam into shore in a couple of minutes and did, in fact. And uh, so they faked her death, uh, and we had uh, numerous reports that she was over in Florida. Uh, you know, wasn't dead at all. Why? Because wow. they, they were staging stuff, uh, giving you some drama. Why do I say all that? They pick the timing. This is a play. This is theater. And you're being shown a bunch of theater while yeah. they do what they do. Um, even can, can I, very famous people in critical positions, and they decide they want to pop somebody in or out, uh, even if somebody dies, um, they will prolong uh, the body as long as they can to make it leave on, you know, make the person die mm -hmm. at a particular date. So, for That's example, what I was George ask Bush. You. Yeah. Okay. When you when you look at George Bush Sr., the time, the hour, the day of his passing, it's all got ritual meaning uh, within their cults, their clubs. And uh, uh, then they have time to do the setup for the funeral and get everything just right. Everybody show up just the right way. Uh, there's a lot of theater that most people think, no, there's no way. Yeah, there's a way. So let me, let me clar clarify to make sure I'm understanding what you're saying. So say, let, let, let's say somebody like like HW or, or somebody uh, will will pass, but maybe they they 
keep him pumped, you know, going along for a few a days or, or, something. or, or something so that the actual death date can line up with religion. It'd be, it'd be like wanting to, something to happen on Christmas or something. So I'm like, I'm going to hold, you know, if you control, you know, when your baby was born, it'd be on your birthday or, you know, something like that. But within their calendar, they have these dark meanings, different days, Masonic meanings or, you know, whatever, all these different stuff. They'll, they'll yeah. align the death with these dates. Births and deaths. So, for example, uh, Prince William. Um, uh, Prince William is the 1,000th night of the round table. Uh, the round table's this uh, breeding program. It's the order of the garter. Uh, garter has sexual innuendo. So for you know 460 years, they've been doing this breeding program between the royal families. Uh, as the thousandth night in gematria, the language of numbers, uh, zeros don't mean anything. So what is it? He's the one. He's the one who is the first one born in that 460 years, who has the blood of all the royal families coursing through his veins. It was a countdown in this breeding program till the one. So uh, uh, Saxe Coburg Goth, which is the family name of the family now going by the name of Windsor, they changed the name to Windsor because they were uh, uh, Germans out of Bavaria, and you couldn't have... uh, Germans fighting Germans in uh, England and Germany. It didn't look good, cousins. So they changed their name from Saxe Coburg Goethe to uh, Windsor prior to World War I because it's uh, a bit of a plan. And then uh, uh, in this breeding program where the, se- the queen currently uh, Queen Elizabeth sits at the head of the uh, round table, you know, directing who's marrying who. Well, Saxe Coburg Goethe really represented seven of the 13 royal families. Uh, Diana represented six of the royal families in this breeding program. Uh, they love their racehorses and their breeding. So they're breeding for the strongest, uh, you know, racehorse of all. Well, so they got down to the one, William. And then William within the occult uh they have a ritual uh alistair crowley made it exceptionally famous um jack parsons uh, uh the rocket scientist um and others uh worked hard to try and do something similar but uh, to create the moon child um that's what the the movie um Rosemary's Baby's about as a child born via rituals uh, to, you know, be the, you know, bodily incarnation of the devil himself. So in in the Moonchild book that Aleister Crowley wrote, this dance, this uh, getting all the right bloodlines and this child conceived uh, under uh, a lunar eclipse, um, if you look back in history, the calendar was switched from the Julian to the Gregorian calendar hundreds and hundreds of years ago because the people going over to the Mayan and Aztec regions uh, brought back their calendars and they had outstanding uh, eclipse uh, prediction you know, charts. And they realized that there was an eclipse going to happen over London at a certain precise time. 
And then they changed the calendar, which also had to do with a, a slight adjustment for farming seasons like that. That's why they included this April Fool's Day in this calendar correction to get the seasons right. And uh, uh, switching from the Julian to the Gregorian calendar. And anticipating the date of an eclipse over London. And that eclipse was June 21st, 1982. Uh, when that eclipse happened, Prince William was born right in the middle of the lunar eclipse. Well, wait a second. Was that just an accident of fate? Or was that a very precisely coordinated and organized operation? Uh, and I would tell you that uh, it was very uh, wizards and Merlins coordinated everything in the dance so that uh, Deanna was impregnated so that she would be having the child uh, uh, with precision on that date and then induced to have uh, Prince William during the eclipse. Wow. Wow. Um, so okay, things that seem like you just couldn't do it to normal people with a normal life, a normal mentality. No, in the clubs, very, very, very ritually organized, orchestrated uh, in order to get ritual meaning and outcomes. Okay, so I there's two things that have come out of this. One is just a rabbit trail just because I, you know, always thought Lady Diana was pretty cool. But my first question would be, uh, do you think Lady Diana, was she nefarious? Was she actually... A really good person. That's my she, first question. She a pond? Did she was she a reading? pond? Yeah, that's my first one. But the second one that really is goes along with today's show. I'm just curious what your thought on that. My second one though is, so is there a reason then if there's a double or triple or quadruple of Biden that they are choosing people that are not quite all the way there uh, mentally? Is there a reason for that as well? So, but Lady Diana and then Biden, if you can. Well, uh, it's actually pretty simple. They're doing what they're doing related to um, uh, Biden because they want you ready to accept that when he's out and they do this dance to bring the next leaders in, that it was needed, wanted. Uh, they're going to make him the black sheep. All the sins uh, will be on him. Think of the ritual of the phoenix bird. The phoenix bird uh, grows and it gets all its plumage and it goes on for 500 years or whatever. And then it goes through a ritual where it gets sticks and it places it on its uh, this bed. And then it lights them on fire and it self-immolates and lays an egg in that uh, pyre. And out of the funeral pyre, out of the burning ashes, comes the new reinvented phoenix. Um, and this is a ritual amongst this clan of the phoenix bird uh, that's gone on for, you know, ever. Well, What's, what's really going on? They reinvent themselves. About the time history, uh, people, community begin to realize who they're dealing with, they will burn the whole house down. And then out of it, wow. they come with new names, mm. new histories, new identities. It's the same people, new and improved, 98 and, you know, 99 and 44, 100% pure. It's the same crowd. But it's it, because they've, you know, changed their hairstyles, changed their look, 
uh, you know, gone to a different location, uh, you think that they're all new. They're not. It's the same family, same crowd. It goes all the way back to Babylon. You're watching a religious order that's been around for thousands and thousands of years that are always the high priests. They're always the priests behind the throne in the temple. You'll have changes of kings and rulers, but then they'll turn around and put, uh, you know, those kings and rulers in place. They're the high priests around them uh, orchestrating, uh, you know, history to their purposes. Man, I'll, so, I, I got a question, too, but I'll let you get to the Diana one yeah, as well. Yeah, so what's your thought on Diana? She's going to. Any response? Now, ask me that again. I didn't quite oh, understand it. Any response on Diana? Do you think Lady Diana, was she nefarious? Was she a pawn? Was she, what, what, any thoughts on that? It, it always seemed yeah, like she that, was, that, that. She was uh, uh, just obliv. She really did not understand. She came to understand over time. So one of the statements she made uh, not long before her passing was that she wanted to be uh, Williams Merlin. So she was going to manage his life from that point forward. He wasn't going to be managed by these others behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. She was going to be his Merlin. And she did understand what the destiny was they were uh, moving him towards. So as a world leader, uh, you know, part of the thing, uh, let me go here. I, I don't know that I've talked with your audience before. I have mentioned it with other audiences, uh, but, you understand, and and I'll give you a link that you conclude with this uh, uh, Cal Dani, D-A-N-I, uh, K-A-L-D-A-N-I. Uh, Cal and I have uh, talked on a couple of occasions. Uh, he's written several articles. I wish I could claim credit for them. They're just uh, stunning. Uh, Prince William and his occulted numbers. And several other articles that are just amongst the best uh, out there. Um, one of the things that uh, people don't understand is the orchestration for world leaders. You know, we have uh, going on right now out of Davos and that crowd, the Young Leaders mm -hmm. Association, which, uh, for example, uh, Trudeau up in Canada is, is one of sure. this crowd and all yeah. that. And so they, they're grooming leaders for the next age of, of the world, you know, and, uh, you know, who picks those bloodlines, who picks those people, whose kids are they really? And, uh, so within that operation, uh, you have a, a, a lot of stuff that's to most people looks like they're just good politicians or whatever. No, it's highly orchestrated. So let's go back a bit. Israel, you have a Christian crowd in your audience that follows everything Israel, and God's going to bless Israel, and God's got a plan for Israel, and he's doing all stuff, the Jews, this, the Jews, that. Okay, um, I'm in agreement. I'm not arguing over that. The scriptures are very clear. God has something special that is a special place in history for the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And uh, so... Uh, there's something amazing uh, that God has in mind for them. So look at what happened with Israel. A couple thousand years, it's mowed under the ground, everybody's trampling over it. Uh, at the turn of the last century, uh, England has control of the Palestine region. Uh, 
this is the area where uh, Abraham sojourned. He, God told Abraham when he lived in Chaldea, which was a place where they were into all of the uh, soothsayers and uh, astrology and all sorts of, you know, dark arts. Right. Um, so uh, Abraham gets a word from God, uh, pick up all your belongings and go to a land that I'll show you. And Abraham has no kids. He says, I'm going to make you the father of nations, and uh, you're gonna, your kids are going to be as the sand of the seashore mm-hmm. and the stars in the heaven. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then along the way, uh, you know, and he has no kids. You know, his wife Sarah is rolling her eyes um, as they get older and older. And he just is traveling around in this region uh, that we call Israel now. And God says, everywhere you put the sole of your feet, I'll give it to you and your inheritance, uh, your children's children's children, uh, where all this multitude of people are going to eventually have lived uh, as the sand of the seashore and stars in the heaven. So Abraham is out going through this whole area, eventually does have a kid, the child's name is Isaac, and then Isaac has a, a child by the name of Jacob. They have, he has 12 sons. They end up in uh, Egypt during a famine stay for 400 years, eventually go out uh, into the Sinai, leave as slaves, and and, uh, eventually are at the edge of the Sinai to go into the Promised Land. And at the Promised Land, when they cross over, what's there? The land is called Canaan land, what we call Palestine now. And then Israel was called Canaan land at the time. And what was the deal? The devil had seen hundreds of years earlier what God promised Abraham and his children, this whole region. So the devil in a blocking maneuver, like a military maneuver, moves the children of Cain into that area. And of course, they're the giants. They're they're there to stop the children of Israel from receiving their inheritance as a blocking move. Now jump forward to today. That same region of the world where Palestine is located at the turn of the last century. And Britain controls that whole region, just like the Canaanites did. Right. And by the way, the royal families, the 13 royal families, believe that they are the children, the descendants of Cain. They're the Cains of the earth. They're royalty. That's why uh, they get the right to rule by blood, their blood relations. So then we go to the founding of the nation of Israel. Uh, Lord Balfour and uh, Lord Rothschild uh, come to an agreement, British House of Lords uh, and Lord Rothschild, who is the head of this massive banking enterprise. Uh, you know, just to give you a picture the city of London, the city within the city, the square mile. Right. Mm-hmm. That's where all the banks of the world have their uh, uh, branches, the, the main key banks. And the queen bows to no one. She's so, she's so important, so prestigious that she doesn't even wipe her own butt. She has a royal ass wiper and her <laughs> own toilet. Hold wow. on. Wow. This is such hot information. <laughs> one's, one's dropping bombs. Anybody that thinks that I'm not giving you 
red hot information, <laughs> man. It's so hot. They had to send the fire department over to That's cool right. down the streets here, okay? That's right. <laughs> so the queen can't even wipe her own ass. She's got her own porta potty that goes everywhere she goes. And they have a royal ass wipe person. So wow. that's how royal she is. But even she has to go once a year to the royal city, the city within the city, the city of London, present herself at the gates to the banking capital of the world, remove her shoes, enter the city, present herself to the mayor of the city of London, wow. curtsy and bow, kiss the ring, you know, the whole schmear, have a little talk with him, and then she gets to leave. He, the mayor of the city of London, running the banking operation for the Rothschilds, is more powerful than the queen. Wow. Think about that. Now, uh, Lord Rothschild enters into the Balfour Declaration, and that is an agreement that allows uh, the Rothschild family to purchase land in Israel, in the Palestine area, uh, with the goal of getting enough land, purchasing it, uh, so that they could reestablish the state of Israel. That was in 1917. In 1947, the immigrants to the land of uh, Palestine wanting to create their own nation, of course, uh, post-World War II, where uh, all of the, uh, uh, you know, death of, of Jewish families occurred during the Holocaust, they declared themselves their own nation. So 30 years later, uh, you know, the, the, the saying is God prepared the land for the people, and then he prepared the people for the land. So when they uh, got there, they, uh, you know, did this declaration. Well, by the way, a priest in the Levite uh, priesthood could not take on his priestly duties till he was 30 years old. So uh, here we are 30 years later, and uh, uh, the Israeli nation takes its responsibilities as a people and become declares themselves a nation state. Uh, 20 years after that, in 1967, uh, the Six-Day War happens, and they take the uh, city of Jerusalem and pull that into the nation of Israel also. And that's the Jubilee year uh, when all land is restored. Hmm. So there's a, there's a calendar that's been in play in Israel. But let me ask you a question. In the course of all that, you have the banking group, the Rothschilds, right. which claim to have the Canaanite history and even the Canaanite rulers uh, bow to the Rothschild family. Um, mm. You know, is that a move of God or is that some kind of a blocking move, just like the children of Cain were directed to do by the devil himself, all the way back to the founding of the nation of Israel when the people came out of Egypt? and found that the land was already inhabited by the children of Cain. Wow. Wow. And then let me add this to it. In the Balfour Declaration, and as part of the uh, Constitution of Israel, 
it allows that a member of the uh, British royal family can take the throne as a uh, sovereign over Israel, as a royal over Israel at will at any point in the future. So if you go back and you look at that, you go, what, 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 what? Israel? No, no, no. They got, they got, you know, uh, a, uh, the Knesset, they have elected leaders and everything like everybody else. Well, in the Balfour Declaration, in the small print, um, it has a, uh, there's a vet like mine. I was going to say, that uh, looks like a good looking car. Yeah, that, uh, uh, that was a, uh, uh, T-top car. I've got to convert that car. So it was beautiful red. Yeah, actually, mine's that sunburst orange. But anyway, uh, the metallic <laughs> is the pearl. It's actually a prettier color, I think. But anyway, um, uh, so the the point is, is that you have a um, something that actually legally allows a British royal to take the throne, a throne in Israel at some future date at will. Mm. So are they, are they thinking that wait the, a second, the, wait the a second. They have Jerusalem. They were put there. There yeah. are all these different things. Uh, right to rule by blood. They essentially are they believe they're the canes of the earth. How much of this fits your biblical eschatology? Oh Jesus, you know, you're gonna come as Messiah. It's a false Messiah. Mm-hmm. It, the Antichrist doesn't come out of nowhere. People keep, well, I wonder if he's from Turkey. I wonder if he's going to, but he's got to be of the years on. By the way, the Windsor family claims that they are uh, descendants of Muhammad within their bloodline. Really? They believe that they're descendants of David in their bloodline on the Merovingian side. They claim they're descendants of Christ, the Black Madonna, the hidden relationships. They claim ancestorship to Christianity, Judaism, and the Muslim religions. And what's what's this whole scam that's being brought to to bear on the world right now? They're going to claim that there's a religious war all around the world, starting in the Mideast. And then the Antichrist jumps on the scene to stop this religious war once and for all Mm. by uniting all the world's religions under one religious leader who has bloodlines that go back to all three. The the 1,000th night of the round table. That's right. So again, is this as accidental as it sounds, or is this a very uh, well-orchestrated plan to fool the world, to present illusions of how things work, how Mm. things happened, as though it's some divinely orchestrated series of events that that result in, you know, now a child of God. And by the way, they even believe that uh, they're, uh, you know, he one of the names for Prince William and Prince Charles is Arthur, one of the four names. 
Arthur as in King Arthur. Wow. The once, the once and future king. So they believe that there is a kingship that uh, is restored, just like the Davidic kingship and other things. Um, there's all sorts of mysteries that are blended into this. You get, you can spend years studying yep. this to get all the minutiae. I'm, I'm giving you a very, uh, you know, abbreviated uh, picture. But well, hopefully, as a, a launching pad for people to dig in and continue yeah. doing their their research, and it, it helps you kind of interpret what's happening now. When you see how much power, you know, we, we had the picture of the queen there a minute ago in front of just gold bars as far as you could see, and the the, the you know, the, the wealth of the world and where it is and all these things. How much power do these bloodlines and the, the city of London, you know, and these places, how, you know, so you have, you know, the District of Columbia, the Vatican, City of London, you know, and they, they meet. How much is someone like an Obama selected? You know, and because he's a one-term senator. You look at now, like Obama was was one of the people in charge of things with Ukraine, during his first term as a senator, he was making well, trips me, there with me, their disarmament. Let me go in this same vein again. Um, like, wow, he was just a Stanley really good speaker. He just really meteoric rise. It, what a talented guy, mm-hmm. you know, just from nowhere. Let me, let me give you the history on Obama. Obama, uh, the story is that uh, Stanley and Dunham. Uh, uh, hey, can I get uh, another breve there? All right. Um, the story is that Stanley and Dunham, gee, I was trying to get another brevet, darn it. The story <laughs> is that uh, Stanley and Dunham uh, had, uh, you know, relations with uh, Barack Sr., Obama Sr., and um, uh, she had this baby. That's not what happened. Stanley and Dunham is not the mother by birth of Barack Obama. She showed up at the University of Washington in June of uh, 61, uh, you know, wearing her swimsuit and, and whatever, going to sign up for classes. Other women that went to school with her at high school and then later in college at the University of Washington, who knew her personally for a very long time, uh, said she wasn't pregnant, no signs of pregnancy in June. Yet she supposedly had the baby August 4th. She wasn't pregnant. She, uh, Rock was born to a uh, mother who was of Indonesian descent and a father who was white. And uh, he was born at the Peace Arch Hospital up in uh, Vancouver, BC, uh, months earlier, back in late March. Hmm. So, uh, and the and the girls that uh, first uh, babysat Obama when his mom was going to classes in October at the University of Washington said, no, the baby was rolling over and trying to get up and crawl and, and do other stuff. That baby was bare minimum six months. And uh, uh, when she was claiming that he was, you know, uh, two months old. Um, wow. And these are, you know, women that had kids and all that. They were trying yeah. to figure out. What's the story here? What's really going on here? The baby's much older than she claims it is. She wasn't pregnant during that time period. Where did this baby come from? And uh, the baby was placed with her for part of a cover. 
because then she, you know, was doing the east-west thing. You know, the east-west center in Hawaii, uh, where she was going to school. What was that all about? The our intelligence agencies, CIA and other groups working uh, in contracted situations, they would bring these foreign students to Hawaii. Why? It's an island. Where are you going to go? You can't go disappear. Anybody coming to meet you, we can track them easily. And right. This is back in 61 when uh, Hawaii was nowhere near as populous or developed as it is today. Right. Uh, it was it was really an outpost still at that moment in time. So you could park people there and decide, uh, you know, who you liked, who was uh, actually potentially a young new leader. You know, uh, they were grooming people, bringing people in from other countries around the world, grooming them for leadership positions and working with it. Uh, he, he went to Ron's a really, mother. really prestigious, you know, private high, high school. school. I mean, he wasn't mm-hmm. just like a, a product of the public school system. He no. was, you know, among the elite of the elite of the elite, just from a cost. Right, because of who his of real school. father was. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and by the way, they protect their bloodlines. Even the bastard kids, they protect them and promote them because they're blood. And uh, uh, they'll put them in the right places, by the way. Uh, there in Hawaii, that's 19.47. That's the power number uh, off the equator. That location has ritual meaning. And and by the way, so Frank Marshall Davis, this guy that's talked about in the book, uh, grandfather of Barack Obama, uh, Stanley Dunham's dad, uh, he was uh, tracking Frank Marshall Davis. He'd been doing intelligence uh operations and monitoring uh, people uh, all the way back to World War II for OSS. Uh, He was there on the FBI's payroll monitoring Frank Marshall Davis, in fact, even giving him money to do some of his uh, work from the FBI for his uh, uh, sex magazines. Uh, Barack Obama's mother, because they gave money for honeypot magazines uh, and operations. They gave the money for Playboy. That was CIA money. They started Playboy. Uh, uh, Marilyn Monroe, she actually had a security clearance at Hilltop Air Force Base there in Laurel Canyon, top of Laurel Canyon, where she was being taught and groomed in order to be a sex pot. Who was the first cover model for uh, Playboy? Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe. Uh, this was a, and then the bands from the '60s. They all came from intelligence officers and families, uh, kids. So then, Obama. Hey, could you uh, give me another uh, one second here? I got to get my drink here. That's important. We got to keep you caffeinated. Yeah, that's, that's right. I got to keep me caffeinated. <laughs> oh, we, get, we get the good stuff here. Uh, so. Uh, the, uh, the reality is is that uh, you're looking at bloodline family members that are being uh, mutually promoted in plain sight, different names, different uh, other things, but it's actually all the same, same bloodlines. So even Barack Obama's uh, connections to Frank Marshall Davis, that was a cover operation, FBI monitoring Frank Marshall Davis. Barack Obama's mother, Stanley Ann Dunham, supposed mother, uh, she did layouts as a teenager, 16, 17 years old, with Frank Marshall Davis. Mm. And the parents were good with it. 
who's part of the honeypotting operation. Uh, we have the pictures of her doing it. Um, and then suppose she gets Prego 18 and, and uh, has Brock. No, she didn't. Uh, uh, Brock Obama's grandmother, Toots. Toots, uh, uh, the grandmother, Stanley and Dunham's mother, miraculously, she goes in the banking community, does stuff in Hawaii, comes up to the ranks. What's she become? She's the banker to the Marcoses out of the Philippines when they go into exile in Hawaii. Wow. <laughs> she was CIA the whole time, okay? Barack Obama's mother, Stanley Ann Dunham, she goes to Indonesia with the black baby, uh, the colored baby, and now she's uh, accepted. And what happened in Indonesia at the time? This is one of the hotbeds of the world, okay? You think Vietnam was hot at that uh, mid-60s period? Indonesia was even hotter. You had millions of people that died. Millions in a purge in Indonesia in the mid-60s. That's when Sukarno said the CIA was using this Sabud operation as a cover to undermine his presidency, to bring operatives into Indonesia to steal the presidency of Indonesia. Wow. And Stanley Ann Dunham's mother, or Stanley Ann Dunham, is a member of Sabud. So then you pop forward in history. And I know I'm bouncing around, but I'm trying to give you these, these linear uh, connections. Mm -hmm. Later in life, this gal who has been a member of Sabood is handling the banking for Sabood, And whenever you're doing intelligence operations, whoever handles the books is the most important person. Right. Uh, she, she was living in Bellevue, Washington, supposedly Stanley Ann Dunham and uh, Loretta Fuddy had never met that we know of. Well, the reason that they never met, because she's Supergirl. It's the same person. Wow. Stanley Ann Dunham is Loretta Fuddy. She supposedly dies when Brock becomes a, a senator. Then she reemerges under a different name. She's been the accountant, whatever. She goes to Hawaii. She's had a little bit of medical experience. They just cook the books in the, in the, the uh, uh, college stuff. You never, you never take the course. And then she's qualified to be the head of uh, the thing. She, she's protecting her uh, intelligence history there with, uh, with uh, you know, putting Barack Man. in place. So then, on top of all that, now you, you go, okay, when Loretta Fuddy supposedly dies in this plane crash, <laughs> and uh, it's, you know, people are looking... Uh, I should say, let me go back. When Barack Obama's birth certificate is released and people are looking at it and they're getting all fr frustrated and they're starting to say this doesn't make sense, five days later, they pull out the Osama bin Laden card and supposedly kill him in an operation and uh, then bury the body at sea. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Osama bin Laden had died a long time before that. We'd had him in, in our custody. That was a, another double. They'll pull people out at the oddest moments to do whatever they got to do. They'll pick a death date. They'll pick a life date. So even Barack Obama, how do we know some of the other aspects of him? A lot of times they'll assign him a birth date that has ritual meaning or importance so you can keep track of which faction of the club they're in. To insiders that play the game, that understand it, uh, Birth dates and times are very critical in defining which 
part of the operation that they're in. So Barack Obama was born on August 4th, uh, 8-4, breaking the 8 number, uh, 1961. Well, what's an 8-4 date? That's the date that the Queen Mother was born in 1900. So he's part of a Brit operation. That's wow. the key. Wow. And, uh, so they, and then the, the covering all of the location, everything else, that goes back into why it was the Peace Arch Hospital there in, in Vancouver, B.C., and, and there's connections to Indonesia and the whole square. Right. So that's that why, he was, that, that's why he was born in March, but they didn't give the birth date till August the 4th. Right. He was, wow. he, you know, they, they assigned a date for the birth uh, that fit their uh, scenario. And then mom comes up, picks up the baby. She's only, you know, 150 miles north of where she's living in Seattle, picks up the baby, brings it back and claims it's her own. And that's her cover right. for wow. what they're doing. The, the bloodline families, even the bastard children, they will um, keep track of who's who. One of the things that Bill Clinton talked about when he was uh, being schooled in all of the mysteries, um, uh, the professor, uh, what's his name, uh, wrote, uh, oh, uh, whatever it was, Hope, and like that. I can't give him a book. Uh, uh, Clinton gave him credit when he won uh, his first term as president uh, for having uh, uh, schooled him to teach him how things work. Um, oh, I can't think of the name of the author and book right now, but uh, uh, he helped him to understand, you know, in the book that he wrote, uh, Tragedy of Hope, there it is. Yep. Uh, you just needed a little more caffeine. I think that was the deal one. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I need my caffeine. <laughs> uh, Tragedy of Hope. Uh, anyway, the author that, that wrote that, one of the things that uh, he explained to Clinton is the protection of all the various bloodlines in uh, what he was doing. Uh, you know, down through the ages, they, they know who's who they keep very precise books, who's related to who, who was born to who, uh, so that they can merge families together later and, and, uh, keep the bloodline strong because they believe they're of, of the uh, bloodline wow. of Cain and, uh, uh, that's part of their operations. Well, so, well, uh, well, I love, I love anyway. I love this bre breakfast with Juan. We could go all the way till till dinner with Juan. Um, we're 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 at at our our. We have a hard stop here, so I want people to. Yeah, you got your book there. That's a version I do not have. I've I know that's beautiful cover. Seen by that. the way, it looks looks amazing. Um, can you can you do one hundred seven daily dot com? What's the best way for people to get that? Well, uh, the uh, that's the second edition there. That's the one that has uh, uh, Milani on it. There, in fact, mm -hmm. I I have. I have to sign this one for someone here this morning, so that's why I have it with me. Um, and uh, uh, there's only a few of the first left. There are quite a bit more because there's only a handful of them left. And then uh, uh, that's second edition there. By the way, I'm going to do a, a presentation here shortly and, and uh, maybe update it with you on the uh, uh, McAfee situation. Mm, yes. yes. The release of data there. That's why I have my McAfee. I know. Cup, see, uh, get your your, your your clue, your teaser dropping know, out there. Let's, exactly. Yeah, well, let's do it again. It's been too long. I don't I don't even remember the last time that we've been together for a show. But but um, this has been unbelievable. I loved it. Mm -hmm. Let's do it again as soon as we can. I know that you've always got you're hard to get and you have got a lot going on. But we I really appreciate, appreciate your generosity your and your willingness to stop in and do this with us. All right. Well, 
I'll give you some fresh stuff. This was kind of a little bit of history. Go look at Caldani, uh, mm-hmm. the occult numbers of Prince William. Get a lot of cool things there, why Deanna wanted to be as Merlin. And then we'll talk some more on current stuff that's happening right now over the next week or two. Well, uh, that amazing. sounds amazing. That knowing all that stuff helps you understand the current stuff in, right. a, in, a, in a clear Absolutely. way. Juan, thank you for your time. Thanks for all you do for our country. We appreciate you. You know, in the areas that have the biggest impact on your life, when you're making a decision on your health or, or, uh, you know, areas that, that, you can't, there's no undo button, you know, hardly, you know, that, that really affect the trajectory of what you're yes. doing. Cause you spend, you know, the majority of your life working hard for your money. It's important to have the right person. Luckily for us, we have had an advisor, a friend for over 25, 25 years, years, who has two PhDs and has spent the majority of his adult life talking about these things and becoming an expert yep. so that you don't have to, That's but he's right. here to educate us today. Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. Yeah. Okay, I've got to say that I don't think that I look like or that you look like that we've known each other for 25 years. I mean, a quarter of a century. Dude, that's a long time. Long time. It is. And and we didn't meet as children. We were were married. Yeah, yeah. young adults. I was in college, but I do have a little gray on my beard. But man, it's just showing maturity right there. Long time of knowing you all. And, and, uh, you know what? What's cool when we so we met at a at a Clay Clark event, right? Yes. And it was just like out of the blue, and it's like, what? I think because we hadn't seen each other in a while. Yeah. Not, well, we've been we've been lived in Mexico and an orphanage and all this stuff. Like we were off off of a lot of people's grids, you know, for a long time, and then this kind of came along accidentally just because. We were so angry about all the crazy news stories. We're like, let's interview people know what they're talking about. Well, what's interesting is our kids actually saw you first. And they're yeah. like, okay, I met. we met this really great guy. We, we I think you guys should meet him. And then we see you and we're like, Kirk? Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> Just so, wild. So, but I feel like the conversations that we have, it's the story of the boy walking on the beach and uh, throwing starfish back and like, what difference does it make? What well, made a lot of difference to that one? Like we can't, every American can't catch this show, can't you know, make these moves. And I, I have a message kind of for people on, on, on both ends. If uh, let people that, you know, know about this information and weigh this out, watch mm-hmm. the videos, get informed, understand this because it seems mysterious or exotic or how, you know, cause they don't sell gold and silver at target or, you know, wherever else. So like, it seems kind of, kind of tough there. And then for some of you out there, that are say, I don't have a lot of money to put into this. And I get that comment sometimes like, it'd be great if I was rich and had a whole mm-hmm. lot to put in. I'm telling you, we are in a situation. You can buy an ounce of silver for not very much. You know, we're talking like less than dinner, less than you know, going through a drive-through. Yeah. You know, any of those, any of those kind of things. And and this is a point where even a little bit put together. If you got, I, I use an example. If you got a motorcycle or something in the garage, you don't drive it that much. Or you know, get rid of it. Find what you could do and get into gold and silver now because this is an opportunity for what I consider average people, us, you know, that just mm-hmm. work to be able to flip the, the your, your fortunes, to be able to create something, you know, in, in this situation where the world's going crazy. Yours doesn't have to uh, be going crazy financially. 
It, it doesn't. And so it was like a week and a half ago that the Fed raised rates, three quarters of a point. Yep. At that, on that day, um, the gold to silver ratio, which we've talked about often, is with the highest point ever, like ever. It was 91 to one. Um, wow. Historically, that number should be 20 to one. That, yeah. That's historical average. So since then, this is a week and a half ago, the ratio has gone from 91 to one to 85 to one, right? Silver's up 7% in the last week and a half. Wow. I mean, amazing, right? But but here's what's even cooler. Starting at 91, when we get to 45, we can sell our silver, roll that into gold, and, and see 45 is half of 90-ish. Mm-hmm. So, yep. So if we sell it and we go into gold, then I get you twice the amount of gold then than what I could have purchased today. That's free ounces of gold, right? So, so smart. to put that into perspective, we moved uh, 6% on that ratio. Sorry, I've got a, I've got a, an audience here. <laughs> we hear. Uniform. <laughs> He's like, yes, go, Dr. Kirk. Yes, 6%. <laughs> yeah, we, we moved 6% in a week and a half. That's I mean, crazy. Being in, this is why I'm promoting silver and shouting it from the rooftops, mm-hmm. saying this is what have to do right now because it's undervalued, it's outperforming. And ultimately it's not that I'm against gold. I love gold, right? It's it's a tangible asset. It's a financial metal. It thrives on chaos, uncertainty, turbulence, change, but I can get you more of it down the road for basically free when we leverage silver to get there. So this is what it's done in the last week and a half. Hmm. Well, what are the fundamentals that cause growth or shrinkage and anything? Well, it's, it's stuff that, that happens in the world that we live in, right? So mm-hmm. So let's look at China. Let's look at China right now. Talk about a mess. China, you were saying that earlier. Talk about a okay. mess. Woo. I mean, China's economy is in complete, complete disarray. So it's no secret that China's economy is collapsing even now as we speak, right? As we mm-hmm. record this show, China is implementing the strictest COVID lockdown in history. Wow. But, but that's just the tip of the iceberg, right? So when they have a COVID lockdown in China, when they're the manufacturing superpower of the world, what does that mean for the rest of the world? Nothing, no goods are going to be coming out of port, right? So uh, housing sales are cratering. The stock market is tumbling. The Chinese yuan is being devalued. Social unrest is erupting as the banks are telling Chinese citizens, you can't get your money out of the bank. It's wow. now out. Shouldn't your checking account be the safest investment that you have? You I mean, think that's so. what you exactly think. But when banks run out of money, they run out of money. It's not like you mm-hmm. just get a pack. So, so there's a liquidity crisis. There's a bunch of stuff that's going on. And the credit market there is falling apart. So here's where China's economic failure, <coughs> excuse me, isn't just a typical recession. It's the biggest property meltdown in history of the world, not just the world. And it's a serious threat to the global economy because um, David, you and I were talking about Evergrande Uh Mm -hmm. earlier, right? Yeah. Because I mean, that's like a, you know, if you had a, you know, a giant, you know, lake and, you know, a big wave happened. Mm-hmm. Well, it'll take a minute for those ripples to get to the other side of the lake. Cause you were talking about mm-hmm. Everglade, like in the fall of 2021, and, right? And, and it happened just yeah. as you called it. They began, you know, they're not making their payments. Yeah. Well, yeah. that, that, that wave has not even hit yet. So, so Evergrande, the largest real estate development company in the world 
you know, we were talking about meltdowns and all the debt that they had and the hundreds of hundreds of millions, right, of, mm-hmm. of interest payments that they're defaulting on. Well, that was making an impact on the banks. So that's what we talked about in the fall of 2021. Yeah. Now what's happening? The banks are seeing the impacts of that. They have no liquidity. They're, they're shutting down. So what we talked about back then mm-hmm. actually happened and now the banks have a crisis. So, so the real estate meltdown, when they've got now $300 um, billion with a B of unpaid, yeah, $300 billion just disappeared. That's, that's mortgage payments. That's just money that they're not going to get because wow. people money, right? Okay, that's, well, that's people, people hear this. It's hard for them to grasp because you think money is a thing. Mm-hmm. It's it, dollars or yen or any of these things, all they are is blockbuster stock. You know, blockbuster, you know, March of 2006, they were still building new stores, even though if you follow their growth curve, to, uh, they went tank right after that. They were still building new locations mm-hmm. in that moment. People were buying blockbuster stock. You know, how could that go away? Boom. You could have a million shares of it now. It's irrelevant. It it, 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 it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not a thing. It's just, mm-hmm. it, it's just numbers. It's just pretend. So 300 well, billion can, can be gone easy because it wasn't even ever there. It's not, they don't have a pile bad. of the cash. Right. You can't go get 300 billion from the bank. No, there doesn't exist. Well, and you said blockbuster. It's like, Hey David, what's blockbuster? I know yeah. for our young ones. And it's like that. Our younger audience, they have no idea what it was, Nope. but it was the biggest thing ever. Oh yeah. Well, they don't, they don't even know the way you show that you're kind is you rewind. <laughs> that's, a, that's how you, an external manifestation of your kindness. Is you rewind your, your VHS tapes. People don't even know that stuff yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, so for all the young audience, Blockbuster was Netflix before yeah. Netflix just went streaming, right? When you used yep. to be able to get DVDs sent to you, yep. um, Blockbuster was VHS tapes, <laughs> right? I know. And by the time you got it, you were like the 900th person that watched it. It was all fuzzy and gross. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> but, yeah. but, but it yeah. changed in a moment. It so did. somebody has a lot of shares of Blockbuster. It just all of a sudden it's not worth anything. It's worthless. Right. It, because it, but it, it, it never was a thing. Mm-hmm. Right. It never was. And, and the real estate bubble in China with Evergrande, it can go away overnight too, because it was based on debt money that they were printing out of thin air. And when it goes away, it just vanishes. Mm-hmm. Right. Enron did the same thing. Enron was the largest stock company in America. And it was, it was the poster child of successful energy companies, one day it was there, one day it wasn't. It wasn't even a slow downturn. It was just gone. Wow. So so this is where things like tangible assets, like gold and silver, um, are so important um, in a client's portfolio, mm-hmm. in our own portfolios, right? Because it's real and it's yep. tangible and it can't go away. Mm-hmm. It's Huge. not going to go away like Blockbuster or like Enron or like mm-hmm. the Chinese real estate market that that real estate is real estate, right? The real estate is still there. That did not go away, but the value of the company did, mm-hmm. right? Because it was all based on debt. This is, this is the Achilles heel of every economy is debt. So how do we protect ourselves from that? And so um, the, the internal makeup of our company, for example, people don't necessarily realize this, but 60 to 70% of all the business that we do, and we do a lot of business. I mean, we're we're extremely busy and we're exploding, is IRA business. Wow. So, and I've had clients for 
for a decade. And I don't know how, but I've, I've been getting a couple of calls lately. And it's like, I didn't know you did IRAs and precious metals. It's like, what? <laughs> what rock did you fell out from under? You've been my client for a decade. We've talked about this, but for, for whatever reason, they didn't hear it. So I want to tell people how easy the process is. Mm-hmm. So an IRA, you know, people are used to just rolling their IRAs from Schwab to Merrill Lynch to E-Trade or whatever, right? It's just a tax-free rollover. You can do the same thing except be in precious metals, physical precious wow. metals. I'm not talking about ETFs or mining shares or mutual funds or paper. We would just change custodians, do a rollover to a custodian that allows for physical holdings of metals. Um, thousand ounce bars, hundred ounce bars, 10 ounce bars, one ounce rounds, one ounce gold American eagles, right? We're talking about physical assets, gold and silver. Right. Now, it takes a, a new custodian to do that because most paper custodians, look, the ones I just mentioned, don't do it. So our process takes 24 hours. We just open it up. It's an e-sign document. We send it to you via email. That opens up the new IRA bucket and then a transfer. We transfer the money into it. When it gets there, I give you a call and say, hey, your funds are up. Let's buy wow. silver with it. You give me the go ahead. And then that's where our journey together begins. But this is an easy process. It's an easy process mm-hmm. where a lot of people don't, because of the way that the economy is, they've lost their jobs, whatever. They don't have a lot of money just sitting around, right? right? But they have these retirement accounts that they've worked on for 30, 40 years, maybe, that they want to protect and safeguard. Well, yeah. we can do that with precious metals. It's an amazing thing. So if you want to know how, just give our office a call and we'll walk you through it. It's an easy process. That's huge. So let's say somebody's in there like, oh, they don't know what to do. They're scared. They're like, I have this IRA. I don't know what to do. Why is it such a good idea to move it over to silver or gold? Well, because there's no such thing as, as a bad investment. There's just bad timing for investments, right? So what worked in the Trump years, what worked in the Reagan years when you were in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and they were booming. I mean, those were the safest mm-hmm. assets during those times, mm-hmm. but they're not anymore under this current administration. All those yeah. are poised for collapse and they are collapsing is you go into silver, you go okay. into gold, right? And, and, but here's the thing, gold and silver aren't going to be the best asset for the rest of your life either. They're just the best thing for right now. So when, when gold and silver have done their run, which is maybe, I don't know, five, eight years from now, they'll probably peak out. Well, then we can roll back into stocks. It's not that I'm against stocks. I'm just against it for right now. But see, when you're in an IRA, you're selling your, your stocks, you're selling your mutual funds, you're going into gold and silver, then you sell those and you go back into stocks. All of those are, are tax-free changes because they're mm-hmm. all under the umbrella of the IRA. See, outside of an IRA, all that incurs a capital gain. Not in an IRA, you don't pay taxes on it until you distribute it out. So being in a high-growth environment like silver or gold in an IRA is just magic to a portfolio. It's really amazing. Man, okay, that's really well, encouraging. Definitely protect yourself from a fall because yeah. you know, the people that I'm, I'm most concerned with are people that are over 60, over 70, you know, these things. Stacy's grandma turned 100 years old this mm-hmm. last weekend. We were at her party and there's, you know, probably close to 70, 80 family sure. members, mm-hmm. but then there was hundreds of people came by for another mm-hmm. deal at her, at her church. And I'm just looking around at people. I, my mind's always just kind of wondering is, is like, you, you don't want to outlive your money, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like some people, if you're 40 and this happens, there'll be new presidents and things like you can ride some of these things out, but people who have saved their whole life and they're, they're, you know, post-retirement, mm-hmm. those are the ones that, that really have the most to risk with the stocks, you know, and, and what's happening there. 
it's a, it's so a scary true. it's a scary thought. I mean, it's, just, it's very it, it's a very scary mm-hmm. thought for most investors because when you don't have a long time horizon to recoup losses, it's scary, mm-hmm. right? And so we don't want to go get into something that that's high risk. We want to go into low risk and high return. That's where gold and silver come into play. And just even for a younger audience, let's say you're in your 20s, if you ever hear the words coming out of your advisor's or stockbroker's mouth, hey, you're young, we can put you into high risk because you have a lot of time horizon to recoup your losses, head for the hills. You should never listen Ah! to those words, right? Because our, our goal is to minimize risk, maximize return. You can do that when you're 20. You can do that when you're 80. And you know what? The asset class is the same regardless of your age. If it's safe, it's safe. It is what it is, right? And so so don't ever listen to those words of take higher risks when you're younger because it doesn't make sense. It just means you're going to incur more losses. And it's almost like the tortoise and the hare, right? A lot of times people just want to hit the home run like they can with cryptos or something like that. And then next month it's like, ah, shoot. It's down 50%. Oh, down where's right. all my Dogecoin? Bummer. <laughs> Stupid Elon. Yeah, exactly. So just be steady, Eddie. Be in the right place at the right time the majority of the time. And by the time you get to retirement, it, you are going to be so glad that you did. I love that. So again, you go to flyovergold.com. When you fill out your information on that landing page, um, you're going to get a phone call from Dr. Kirk's team, and they're going to set up a free consultation. It doesn't cost you anything, absolutely free, to find out where you are and then help you to walk through this process. And it's somebody that's not helping you just buy gold and silver. They're part of your team, and they're going to help you get out and move to whatever is next. So, Dr. Kirk, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. We'll see you soon. Yay! Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what are you going to do about your finances? If you went back to 1920, and you had a $20 bill, and you had one ounce of gold. You could go into a men's clothing store, and you could buy an entire suit, the jacket, shoes, pants, belts, everything. Today, what would that $20 bill buy you? You couldn't buy a handkerchief for the $20 bill, but that one ounce of gold would still buy you, even today, it would buy you an entire men's suit, shoes, belt, pants, jacket, everything. That's the difference, but today, that change is happening faster than ever. And we know a guy by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott that we've known for over 25 years. He has two PhDs. This is who we're actually using. This is who our friends and family are using. And he's a guy we trust completely. And in today's era, you need somebody you trust. So go to flyovergold.com and learn how to protect yourself against an inflating dollar. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.